welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about letting your enemies get the better of you because you are a poorly optimized fate character. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we're going to talk about hard and soft mechanics, as well as how to make being defeated by a villain more interesting. <sighs> Where do we want to start this week? I don't know. You were talking about something with uh, hard and soft things with fate, or do you want to start it in with Tower Shield first? Let's start with fate. Sounds good. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use fate uh, to get us to a concept that I was thinking about, um, and I would actually like to walk through like a, a scenario with you. Okay. So, Wait, are you saying this is gonna be actual so, play? No. Okay. Thank no, no. God. We're just gonna do. We're just gonna do just the teeniest bit of character creation. Okay, because actual play is for, um, is for big geeks. Oh yeah, it's, it's for nerds. Yeah. Um. So we. So again, I've started pl- with my Sunday group. I've started playing Fate again, and so I've been I've been reading through Fate at, at uh, condensed, and and playing it again. And um. So let's just pick a setting. Okay. Pick a story type that you are interested in. That you have a character idea for. Oh, we're doing this right now. Yeah, yeah, right now. Just give me a character. Give me a setting uh, in a story, whatever. We, we've been so having some the, success recently with, uh, with Weird West, right? Okay, cool. So um, every character in Fate, I'm going to assume you done Pokemon. I've been playing Fine. so much Pokemon. I should have done, done Pokemon. <laughs> do you want to do Pokemon? We can do can Pokemon. We do, yeah, can we do monster hunting? Let's do like Pokemon. Like some kind of monster, monster capturing. So every character in Fate has, an, uh, has a high aspect. Yes. The high aspect is the thing that is the broad description of your character. It covers all the vital bits. Yeah. It's the pitch for your character. So give me give me that aspect. What is that pitch for your character? What is like the what is what is your character? Uh my character, I am a uh fire ground corgi. Okay. Oh, you are a Pokemon. Heck yeah, I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> Don't want to make this too easy and- for you, James. <laughs> It's like it's like Pokemon. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Pokemon Rangers. Yeah, okay. that's what we're playing. Um, so give me an aspect that represents like one thing that you do that you're really good at. Like, what are you? Um, are you like oh, the, the examples in the I'm book? The are things dog. like you're the diggingest yeah. dog. Okay, because like. So, just to give you some examples, okay. some, some, because you are un, maybe perhaps a little bit unfamiliar with uh, with with fate. I am. So I, I am a little sure unfamiliar with fate. I, I know very little. I make sure I may have all... done the, like I may have made one of those like cardinal sins where I made too much. No, overlap. no. I think you're. So the examples that they give in the book are things like the greatest sharpshooter in the West or the, in the wasteland. So that's where like the diggingest dog is like is a pretty good. Okay. Uh, Except that it overlaps uh, with the high concept, but that's fine. Okay. It should a little bit, like you're because you're you're saying things that are that are related. Okay, um, and then there are like temporary aspects, like on fire or terrified or pinned in a hydraulic press. Okay, um, so oh, here's the, the other one: is if you're playing something like a superhero game, then you might have an aspect that says uh, superhuman strength, right? Or uh, cybernetically enhanced legs, or something like can shoot lasers with techno organic virus. Yeah, so. Here is a thing that I think that I um, I finally sort of put a point on a thing that has bothered me about fate. Okay, and this is where we get into sort of the the hard versus soft mechanics. Okay, which is 
here is if so if you go to the I'm just going to actually literally do this. If you go through this section in the fate condensed book um, about aspects, it describes what I just described to you, and it says the first things that you need to know about the so the so the first thing you need to know about aspects is that aspects are true. Okay. Aspects are true, and aspects are true is bolded. Okay. And if and it says if you want to learn more about this, go to page twenty two, which is what I'm going to do. So if I have and the diggingest dog, then yes, there is no that dog is true. that can you dig are more. the diggingest. I'm dog. the most digging. Yeah. If you go to the section on aspects, yeah. there is then another subheader that says aspects are always true. I see where this is going. <laughs> so so this is this is the thing that. If you are the greatest sharpshooter in the wasteland or the diggingest dog, that is an aspect of your character that is, that true. is true. Objectively. Objectively true. Okay. If you have super strength, then it's then it's that is a hard truth. Yeah. You have super strength. Right. And then the game says, and here are skills. Okay. Take some skills. Yeah. Um, in a Pokemon game, you might have uh each of the types well, you is might, a skill. You might, you might, yeah, you might have different types of skills. You might have fire, but like, but so you have things like athletics. Uh, the standard skills are things like athletics. They are things like physique. They are things like shooting, piloting, yeah. uh, interpersonal skills, digging. Um, digging. Let's Classic. just say, for example, let's just say, for example, that you have that there is a digging skill because maybe this is a uh, it's a rescue James, game. You said what fate game would not have digging as a skill? I don't know. All tabletop RPGs have a, digging as a skill. This is a story where we're playing uh, rescue Pokemon yeah. who are going to go out and save people. So digging is obviously part of that. Actually, that is conceivable. Yeah. Um. And so, so here's the question that I like. I, and this is I'm going to revamp a little bit of this conversation that I had on Discord actually earlier today. Um, oh, I didn't read it. So that's so, so you weren't there. Um. Which is so here. So two things can be true. So the way that you sort of pick skills in yeah. um, in fate is you have um, four skills that are at a plus one bonus, mm-hmm. three skills that are at a plus two, two skills that are at a plus three, and one that's at a plus four. So it's a triangle, right? Or it's a pyramid. Okay. Um. So you have one skill that is your one plus four. It is your best yeah. skill. So if you pick dig for your one skill, that's your best skill. Yeah. Then whenever you dig, you're going to roll a plus four with a plus four. Which is great. Which is great. Yeah. But why do you have to do that? You are the diggingest dog. Right. That and if I true. picked three because I was like, I would rather have a higher bite yeah. than dig. Yeah. And you picked four. Then. And you're also a dog. Yeah. Then you have invalidated that. That. Uh, yeah. That thing. Why? Because you are digging. And then, and, then, and then taking it the next step further. If I if I ask you to make that roll and you fail, yeah, then you haven't done it, right? And you're yeah, not it, the digging. It has dog. become objectively untrue. Yeah, and so people who play Fate, and this is the thing I said on Discord, is you might say, okay, well, it's a thing that's true, and so the way that it lets it always be true is that you can spend currency. You can spend okay. currency to invoke that aspect and say. I'm going to spend one of these currencies. I get a plus two bonus, or I'm going to get to re-roll because I'm yeah. the diggingest dog. But then that's only true if you spend the currency. Right. And the if rule book spend doesn't the currency. The rule book doesn't say they're true when you spend currency. It says no, they, they say are always true. true. Yeah. 
And so mm, I see the problem. There's a disconnect there. If yeah, when you when we play masks, uh, if you play a character, if you play the protege, yeah, for example, you have a mentor. The rulebook yes. says you have a mentor. It, you create a mentor. If you ever lose that mentor, you probably change playbooks because it's yeah. an integral part of the playbook. It is a hard mechanic of that playbook. If you have yeah. a superpower, unless something dramatic happens that temporarily removes that power, it's true. If you're yeah. playing Urban Shadows and you are playing the werewolf, you are a werewolf. It is true. That's a hard mechanic. It's not that you spend currency to be a werewolf. I mean, technically, you can spend yeah. corruption to become sure. a were- to sure. go into werewolf form, but, but a, you're always a werewolf. Yeah, you're always a werewolf, whether or not you are you are you're embodying that werewolf form. And yeah. so, I sort of got into this con this like this question of like, well, so then that you end up with the sort of the the weird, the weird place that I sort of ended up with is well, if my aspect says that I'm the digging that you are the digging as dog, well then you should just be able to do that. You should, yeah. whenever and you have that, a digging scenario, you should just... I should be the digging You should be the digging Yeah, like I should be able to dig harder and better. But then... And that, that also adds like a weird layer of com- of like narrative complication that like if if it is not true, like if it is yeah. like a switch that I need to put a quarter into in order for mm-hmm. it to be true, is that also true of my high concept? Mm-hmm. Like I'm only a fireground corgi. Yeah. If I put a quarter in yeah essentially right if you if if there's a charmander in the area and they light the 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 place on fire then the then the then the world might have an aspect of on fire and the charmander might have some free invokes on that it is in theory always true but it doesn't it doesn't mechanically really come into play i I love the idea of a an area being on fire that you need to put a quarter yeah. into for the fire to do anything. <laughs> well, and so then the thing that I came to was like, so if you are the diggingest dog, you shouldn't have to have the dig skill at all. Right, because I've, I've already done that. But then that you end up with this weird situation then where you were the character who is the diggingest dog who doesn't have the dig skill. <laughs> right. Which you would, because you would just say... I dig. Like, I dig. But then that, that's also further complicated because... While I wisely chose the most important skill in all of games, yeah. digging, uh, other people may have done things like uh, like happy rosy cheeks mm-hmm. because it's a free system that sure. you're able to sure, do whatever sure. you and want. And that doesn't translate to a skill. That doesn't translate to a skill. So they've spent their skills and I have a free automatic best at the skill yeah. no matter what skill so and they don't. And so so it kind of came to this 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 thought. This is the thought process that I went through. Which is that okay. fate sells its aspects like they are hard mechanics. It is a thing that is true, but then yeah. treats them in every other way like they're like they're a soft mechanic. Because, Interesting. Because again, and, and again, like this is where I go back and forth. Because you might say, "Well, it's tr- it's always true that you're the diggingest dog. It isn't just coming up in this situation." Or right. it might be true that the building you're trying to rescue someone is on is in on. F- the building you're trying to rescue someone from is on fire, but unless you're tagging that aspect, then it's not it's not doing anything. And there yeah. isn't and as much as as much as fate is a is a somewhat more than not narrative forward game, it like other than 
doing like other than the fact that the, there's an aspect that says that the building is on fire like that doesn't really it doesn't do much unless yeah, like, you put the quarter in i mean it would be weird to say like okay i walk through the building and i grab a, a taco from the taco cart on my way through because the building's on fire yeah. like it wouldn't make sense to do that and so like theoretically the gm should be doing some actions there yeah and saying um and uh, the building's on fire but the, and like the player could theoretically be like but you didn't put a quarter in yeah it? and and like, that seems silly and, and 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 i think that it's not that that is like of like in, in a vacuum i think that even it makes more sense but in a world where yeah. you are playing like there could be a pbta game uh where there is there is fire or even even honestly, in a D and D game where the yeah. building is on fire and there is a there's there's smoke and there are, are mechanical effects that are perpetually there. If you're in fire, you take one d six damage a turn. There's there's a in like in 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 a in a PBTA game where where you might say the building is on fire. That is a thing that is true of the narrative, and it's yeah. true in Fate as well. But the difference is that Fate goes out of its way to say that aspects are always true. Yeah. And that's the difference. Is it why is it doing that unless it's supposed to be more meaningful? Yeah. It's and that if the aspects are always true and they are maybe only true when you put the quarter in but maybe they're supposed to have like the narrative grounding as well. I think they are supposed to have the narrative grounding yeah, as well even absolutely. if they don't have a mechanical effect. Um then what makes it different from almost anything else yeah which is where i you know like like it it kind of makes it a thing of like yes the building's on fire it's also full of air yeah yeah and that isn't an aspect but it could be at a moment's notice if you needed it to be yeah and if you and so there is also there is a there is a, a mechanic in in fate there is an overcome action which is like uh the door is locked i need to break my way through it and there is a create an advantage move where you create an aspect. And so okay. this is kind of gets to that point of like, what is the difference fundamentally between oh. I need to break through the door. So I roll to break through the door and now the door is broken through and I'm, I'm through it versus yeah. I roll to create an advantage of the door is broken and now we're through it. And the answer right. is usually, are we going to come back to it later? Like, is it going to be yeah. perpetually relevant that the door is broken? And by relevant, it mean they mean, can I put the quarter into it later? Yeah, which is kind of a weird thing, because if you, like, there's two options. Either you can put the quarter into it and you don't, yeah. which is not satisfying. Or you realize later that you needed to put the quarter into it. Yeah, which... Like to be you're fair, running fate is very good about yeah, I mean fate is very good about letting you just establish things, but yeah, it's adding at putting the quarter in later as long as the machine is there, but it's like we didn't even build the machine because we didn't think yeah, it was so gonna like, be relevant if you smash the door open and then are running out i mean if if you pick the lock carefully mm -hmm. as opposed to smashing the door open, then you don't have like sure the lock is good to go. And I'm going to put my quarter in there. Yeah. And so that just kind of got me thinking about that and like hard and soft mechanics. 
and and thinking and like just to return to masks for a second like your playbook and some and the features of your playbook are hard hard mechanics the doomed is doomed they are doomed they have a they have yeah. a, a, a dark force that's going to come and get them or whatever it is um yeah your your labels are soft mechanics because they are true but only temporarily so and they can move constantly um, and importantly, they they don't give a one to one truth event. So like, uh, I have like the doom is a one to one truth event. Yeah. Uh, actually, even most of the dooms moves yeah. are one to one truth events. You do X thing, Y thing happens. Yeah. But like a danger of plus three, or any stat of plus yeah. high number, is not a truth one to one stat. Yeah. It's because the you roll the die. It's the difference between using a flare as the nova versus rolling yeah. to create whatever to overcome or to unleash your powers um, yeah because they might do the same thing you might be able to throw up a wall of, of a shield you might be able yeah. to teleport something to you but it's the difference between the hard mechanic of i spend the currency and it happens and and a softer roll and yeah yeah and so i was thinking about um a space between and how that is a game of almost all hard mechanics like you you choose which route you're going to go on and you do you right cuz there's no randomizer there's no randomizer i mean i there. guess there's shuffling but um you draw there's not like meaningful randomization yeah you you do go out and and with the exception of a couple cards you do come back um, you do for the most part bring ice, um, and in the time in the places where the game breaks from that cycle of you go out, you come back, you bring ice, you earn money. It's because a dramatic event has happened, which is the same yeah. as like if you are a werewolf and then it playing Urban Shadows and someone does some dramatic magic that turns you into something else. Well, then you maybe change playbooks because that hard truth is no longer hard true anymore. And right. the only things that are sort of the soft mechanics are with the lighthouse who sometimes has choices. And and I and I think I kind of came back around on I was thinking again about how the last time we talked about it, we had said I that that I had a mechanic where you you could make that soft choice if you put the quarter in. Yeah. And and I was thinking that maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe you maybe you shouldn't have to put the quarter in. And I and I've come around on feeling like that's probably the right way to go. Like not come around, but I I'm doubling down, I guess, on on that because I like the idea that again, the light the the the, the ice hauler has to deal with more hard truths. Like right. not in the difficult truths, but just like hard facts kind of things things that they can't control because and, they're in a tiny box in space yeah. and the lighthouse has more soft mechanics more soft choices because where there's where there's there's some there's not randomization but there's choice um which means that the the narrative because like in all of those cases it's like you your car breaks down but maybe you have insurance and so it goes one of two different ways and so there's it isn't that there is a it's that there's a there is a you're not you're not telling 
a, a hard story. You haven't established that truth yet. And so the, the soft mechanic lets you establish which path you're going down versus a hard truth of this is the way this is. This is the way to go. And and I, I just sort of, I guess, it's it's been a thing that I've been struggling with a little bit in general um, because obviously A Space Between is a different kind of game. It's not a game that yeah. uses... Um, too much it uses some randomization but as a as a way of telling different kinds of stories not as a way of of simulationing in any way um and the thing that i and and in games like fate or um (laughs) the example that i keep coming back to is knight's black agents where i once played a game where i was the baddest hacker or the baddest ass hacker in the in the world and i did one thing that whole time and it was try to hack something and i failed um, yeah. And so, turns out I wasn't uh, the coolest hacker. Um, <laughs> I was useless actually for the whole campaign for the whole adventure. Um, in the way that if you were the diggingest dog during our Pokemon Rescue game, uh, and you f- if you were able to if you were ever to fail, then it sort of invalidates that hard truth. Right. And I and I especially I mean like it, you could frame it in a way that it's like. That it wasn't because of the aspect, like that. Yeah, I'm the diggingest dog, but there's nothing that could dig through this. Yeah, but like that's putting a lot on the GM, and like still doesn't. Yeah, really help kind of the mouth feel as the player. And so one of the things that I came up with is, uh, I actually really like the idea that. So it f- I think we I, I kind of agree that it feels wrong that if you if everyone else has the dig skill. That yeah. and you're the digging his dog, you just get the, you get you get a free pass. I don't think that feels right. Yeah, I think you should have to have the dig skill. But I think the fact that you have the digging his dog aspect changes the way the dig skill works because there is a new fundamental truth. You are the digging his dog, and so what rolling of the dig skill should do, in my opinion, is change the possible outcomes. Like the, the example I, okay. I used in the Discord was if you are a character who has the aspect guy who knows everyone and you roll a yeah. contacts roll. Yeah. The result should never be that you don't know someone because Agreed. It, it, yeah. it hard rejects the truth of the aspect. And so yeah. in that case, whereas if I, if I am playing the character who doesn't have that aspect and I roll a contacts roll, maybe the answer is I don't find anyone because I don't know anyone. But if I'm the guy who knows everyone, well, now the context role is less like, do you find someone and more like Urban Shadows put a face to a name where it's like, what what is the situation in which you dig or (laughs) you uh, you find someone uh, that that, that is the person you look for? Yeah, you don't really want to have to go to the resource that you found. If you're the diggingest dog and you're trying to dig under a building, then the answer is not you failed at you the digging it's that you've done something else like you right. have you've you've story, dug into something that's horrible yeah you've 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 sort of come into something else which is i think probably the way that most people gm fate but it's just weird that it doesn't really say that so like i guess okay i'm going to be a little controversial one of those ways is boring and bad yeah and one of those ways is fun and exciting. Yeah. And so, like, I almost want less to have two separate systems. 
and more get away from skills. Yeah. Like, like let's say, let's say aspects start taking over much more, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you're not like tapping aspects, you're creating realities about the yeah. world. And so you have some kind of a role based on your aspects mm-hmm. because it's like, I am the diggingest dog. I am rolling, like maybe even go away yeah. kind of a, uh, I'm rolling 2d8 of my diggingest sure. dog skill, whatever. Uh, or we can we can keep using fate dice. I'm rolling <laughs> two, with four, a plus two from my diggingest yeah. dog. Yeah. Um. And then from there, those are the only things you roll. Yeah. Because you don't roll other stuff because it's boring because it's not an aspect. Yeah. And then everything you do, you've made an aspect. So yeah. like, is there HP? Maybe. Yeah. But maybe instead you say like, oh, I. I am going to attack, and I'm able to name an aspect, so I'm going to put the aspect of of um, Charmander is dizzy. Yeah. Because I ran all around mm-hmm. him. And I rolled well, so I get to just set that aspect. I rolled medium, so the GM can modify the aspect, or can set an aspect of their own. I rolled poorly, the GM can set an aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And then just make it so that literally everything is narrative truths. Yeah. And and this is where I had sort of said that I in, I would if I was rewriting fate, if I was rewriting a more perfect version of fate, I would merge the overcome and create an advantage uh moves. Yeah. So that literally every time so this is like this is a weird this is the weird problem that I have though, is because one of the problems sort of physically and mechanically with fate is like you've got to track all these aspects somewhere. And yeah. and the classic way is on a notepad. Or a note card right. or something. But like, and so my... And then you've got a pile of note My cards. gut instinct says you should be... you If you merge those two, the create advantage and, and overcome, well, now, every time you do anything, you're creating an advantage. Or you're creating a new aspect. Yeah. Regard, like, and so I think that the way that it plays out is like you create your... If it's irrelevant and you think that it's going to be used in the future, you write it down. And if you run into yeah. that scenario where... Oh, we're running out through the through the busted door that we didn't think to write an aspect about before. Maybe I get to yeah. go, hey, you know how I busted that door in before? And the GM goes, oh, yeah, let's write that down. And now we can use it. Because yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. So, like. It's a weird truth I tracking. I think basically the overcome, at, the overcome ability becomes an almost like OSR style living within the realities of the game. Mm-hmm. So it isn't like, oh. Can I, can I win this, uh, can I win this arm wrestling match? Instead, it's, I'm going to make an aspect that is, I am stronger than him. Yeah. It's, and then I use that, and then like, I just use that aspect freely because I'm stronger than him. Yeah. Permanently going forward. It's a, it's a, in a weird way, it's, you start an adventure or a session or a scene with a set of truths um, and mostly yeah. they are truths about your character, and then in part they are truths about the world. You might have like one or two aspects for the the setting, and then as you are doing overcomes and other, as you are doing these things, what you're doing is you're creating a like a uh, change log of, yeah. of truths. You're creating a as we discover <laughs> new, as we discover or alter things about the universe. What are these things that are changed? And then probably between scenes, the way you deal with all these extra aspects, you sort of summarize them. And then, yeah, uh, and 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 like I'm stronger than this guy becomes uh, once Brandon defeated this guy in an arm wrestle. Yeah. And that's just sort of and like, yeah. And you can even have some kind of a system by which you take some of the things forward. Like if 
like I'm I play way more I, I play way more campaign play than I do one shots just because of Rodian City. Yeah. But other than that, I'm much more of a one shot guy. And I don't see any reason you couldn't have like a couple of encounters and after each encounter one of the things that you set up gets added to your sheet oh, yeah. in some way. And that's that is a thing that I love where you just sort of you're discovering more things about your character through play. Yeah, and then you just like write in like you started off with uh like broke somebody's wrist and then you say, Oh, that's because I'm a boxer and then you write down boxer as opposed to broke this guy's wrist one time. I do love unless it's more interesting yeah. to say broke this guy's wrist sometime I one time. I do really love the idea that like you run into a you run into a character in a bar and you want to arm wrestle them and you're like, okay, does he have any aspects that suggest that he's dramatically stronger than me? No. Do I yeah. have any aspects that suggest I'm dramatically? Do I, I don't have a superpower? I don't have a mechanical arm. Okay, so now we are going to figure out what happens here and you roll your dice and then maybe you succeed and now okay, you have an aspect of stronger than this one guy. Um, yeah. And if you fail, you have an aspect of weaker than this one guy. <laughs> Um, that's great because then you start getting like progressive setups where you're like okay stronger stronger i'm stronger than and then i'm stronger than jake jake is less than ezra (laughs) and yeah so that that was a that was a a stupid joke i didn't get it less than jake oh okay now i get it yes oh i said lesser than ezra instead of better than ezra that's fine i got there we got there we got there it's because i screwed up that's 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 a that was kind of what I was thinking about is soft and oh hard. Um, yeah, but people are gonna make fun of me, James. Uh, soft and hard. No, we're moving through. They're not gonna make fun of you more than my soft and hard mechanics thing, which is yeah, kind that's of probably kind true. of. Uh, there's 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 teenagers somewhere giggling, um, but yeah, and, and I had kind of said that like if I were if I were playing Fate, if I were GMing Fate, which I haven't done in a long time. Um, I would be very, I would want to encourage, like having made none of these changes, but just playing Vanilla Fate. Yeah. I would be very, I would I would want my players to angle towards doing, like if you were the diggingest dog character, you should be angling towards doing digging all the time. And, yeah. and then I would always just let you do that. Like I always just, I wouldn't even ask you to roll, even if you had the skill. And like my play. Because I've got the aspect. Because you've got the yeah. aspect. And players should always be angling towards doing the thing that they are the best at. Because that's going to be the thing that's the coolest. If everyone is doing the cool thing that they do, well, then that's going to be the fun story. I mean, I almost wonder then if you need to kind of like rework how aspects work. Yeah. Because in aspects, I know lots of times like you'll be setting up just like information. Yeah. Um. And so it, you almost have to be like, what are the things that you're the best at? Like one last hmm. job style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're like, so the, what are the things that you cannot? And like, that's and that is true. So in most so in default fate condensed, you have. Yeah, you have a high you have a high concept that defines who you are and you have a trouble that says the thing that always gets it's the thing that always gets you in trouble. And then you have okay. a relationship, which is what is your relationship with one of the other players' characters? It's sort of the, to help build the like, do we all start in a tavern and just become an adventuring party because we're all there? Like, yeah. it's we all know each other a little bit. And then you have sort of two free actions. But I think that, but some other versions of fate um, have restricted those. So they are always like you can define what those, what those aspects are. And so if you wanted to say you have six aspects that define the totality of what your character can and cannot do go. Yeah. I think that would be totally reasonable. I mean, another thing is with the relationships, all of the relationships could just be that you're better than this other person at X thing. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay. Cause, cause hear me out. You've got your thing that you're the best at. Yeah. You've got your trouble. Yeah. 
which is the thing you're the worst at. You can you are not allowed to ever succeed at your yeah. trouble. You always succeed at the thing you're the best at. And then each of your relationships is basically establishes an additional <laughs> skill that kind of gives yeah. like an idea. So like if I establish the skill, if we establish the relationship that you're stronger than me, then I try to arm wrestle somebody. We'll look at my stress things. The only thing we have is you're stronger than me. Yeah. So we go, I lose. Yeah. Not because I'm arm wrestling you that we know is stronger, but because we have a vague you. idea that someone is stronger yeah. than me. Oh God, I, I kind of, I, I kind of love and hate, like, thanks, I hate it. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. abstracting all skills out into maybe everybody's, everybody's aspects are just them in relation to one other character. And we gain through that the totality of, of a rough understanding of everybody's skills through a series of facts about how we relate to each other. I mean, you could also end up with things where, like, we definitely know James you are the you are stronger than me. We didn't set Taylor. Taylor no. didn't didn't set a strength as a thing with anybody. So Taylor's strength is a mystery. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be anything. We don't know. Yeah. Um uh, Taylor would beat me though, because you're stronger than yeah. me. Yeah, God. Um and so the last thing that I had sort of said was uh the the other thing that I think is underused in in fate is stunts and stunts are basically moves i mean <laughs> let's just kind of like not beat around the bush here stunts are moves they are they take the form of when something happens or because I, because i am something i get to do something when something happens or when something okay. happens because i am something this is the way we resolve it and so it, it's yeah. like it's things i mean they can be things like and it's specific and it's very specific so it's it can be okay. it can be something like um because I am a an action scientist, I can use my science skill to fight. Or because okay. I am a, a space alien, I can establish one true thing about alien worlds every session. Or uh, because I am the greatest sharpshooter, I get a plus two bonus, which is dumb because okay. you already have the thing that says that that's true. That's a whole other thing that I don't want to get back into. Um, and so... Those are to me very interesting because basically the the stunts are supposed to be the if the skills are the ways are the things that everyone in the universe does. Yeah. The stunts are the way that you do that thing in a unique way. Okay. And so that's the only thing I care about. I don't care yeah, about Yeah, that's the interesting That's the interesting thing. thing. And so I like the it's idea almost- of just cutting out the skills, you have aspects that are also stunts somehow. And then there's some yeah. rolling mechanic. You could have, because I am a boxer, mm-hmm. when I get in a fist fight, I win. Yeah. Which might sound overpowered, but it probably depends upon your game. And if you have the aspect of you're a boxer, then you could probably extrapolate out that because that's true, when you get into a fist fight, you win, but not necessarily. Yeah. And so I like yeah. having the very specific uh um thing that like that defines the way that's that's special about you. Like like because I am a sharpshooter. Or because I'm a gunslinger, I can shoot other people's bullets out of the air. That's probably yeah. not a thing and that's true of all sharpshooters, but it's true no. to you. And you could also start having like some fun with it. Because I am a retired boxer, yeah. when I fight people younger than me, I lose. Yeah. And like just like starting to like set up some facts that are interesting and like tie into the world in some way. Yeah. Yeah, because the, because the thing that happens in Fate is that you always end up needing a skill that you don't have, and then it feels really mm. weird that even if you have a, a, a like like I have so my character that I'm playing in this Fate game is basically um, 
do you do you do you have any knowledge of Stargate? I forget if you've watched Stargate. Yeah, no, I've I've seen Luke Skywalker on the Enterprise. Um, he's he's basically like, what if what if Daniel Jackson? What if a scientist? Or what if my character is a kid who went underground with his parents on an adventure to the center of the Earth, and then so he doesn't know anything about the world, but but has been to like these like lost lost civilizations underground in this drill ship, and so is that a, is that the movie that that um the guy from the blacklist yes that it so up. okay james spader james spader. Yeah. james spader was in the movie. That movie he played daniel jackson in the in the movie stargate oh it's a tv it's show, a TV show okay um, i do know this and this so reference. and so the, so my character is is a great adventurer who has been to the center of the earth it is plausible because of that that he would know how to fly a spaceship just because he's lived in a drill ship and those are probably v- yeah. vaguely similar but i don't have the pilot skill at all <laughs> and so when I try to pilot, yeah, I'm not, so you don't get to pilot. I don't get to pilot, which is fair. I chose that, but whatever. I think that's yeah. It's, it's a. I have some. I want. I want to. I want to start d- using that lens of of hard truths and hard mechanics versus soft mechanics and soft truths in evaluating games and in my own game design in the future. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. And then I've taken up way too much of this episode talking about it. No, it's all good. It because it also ties in with some of the things that we've been talking about with tower shooting. Yeah, that like we came up with that trickster move that mm-hmm. you when you play a game you win, and like I think playing around with some of those things, it's kind of fun to have truths that you know are going to yeah. happen because like if you're do if you're doing a genre that is like a little, I'm going to throw shade on genres I love. If you're doing a genre that's a little flat. And like, you know what's going to happen. You know the story structure. Am I going to play a Superman game and just end it by not doing Superman stuff? Yeah. 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 Like, no, I'm going to use one of my Superman things and I'm going to do the Superman thing and the story is going to end and, and I'm, I'm probably going to win because I'm Superman and there's nothing wrong with that because like, that is what that story is. And so like, I think we are a little obsessed with like success failure stuff. When, like, the final result can just be the final result. It's just given to you. This is the thing that happens. That Scott in the Discord and I sort of started getting into is this idea that, like, um, we've conflated two different things that that randomizers do of some games use randomizers and dice and stuff to do um, simulation-y, like, what happens. Like, yeah. does it happen? And some games use their randomizer to find out as a as a as a story extractor. They're not about like, yeah. like, especially in PBTA games, it's like you don't you if you do something, you've done it. But then what is the yeah. fallout from the thing that you did is the, is what yeah. the dice roll does. The dice roll isn't finding exactly. out if you succeeded. It's no. And so that's like a it's it's the if if Han Solo is the best at running away from the cops well, then he should always yeah. do that. The The role he's going to make is like, does he turn around and run into the cops? Does he turn, does he run into the, where does he run? How? What happens when he gets there? That kind of stuff. Yeah, he swings around a corner and there's an assassin droid. Yeah. And that's awesome How does the and situation cool. change? So yeah. you had said that you had some stuff on um, villains for Tower Shield that looked really oh, interesting to me. Yes. We just, we just took a hard yeah, I just want to, I was like, <laughs> 
We're going to take out. I'm going to make a hard trick here. I'm going to establish we're not, an aspect We're not of, talking about that topic anymore. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to establishing. I'm over. I'm rolling to overcome. We're going to create a new okay. aspect of. I want to. I want to hear about what you were talking about this because I want to make sure we have time to talk about it. And I'm interested in it. You had said that you've been thinking about villains having specific responses for when someone drops to zero health. I think. Yes. So this this involves a couple people. Uh, so the uh, there was a thread about death being a choice mm-hmm. created by Quinn Murphy. Excellent thread. Go check it out. And I was like, hey, I like this. I'm going to talk about it with Tower Shield. Phenexian responded and they suggested the idea of death as a choice with yields mm-hmm. uh, as a system where you like get some kind of a wound and reset your HP. So it's less... Uh, will you win, but how much are you willing to lose? Hmm. Uh, and so Phoenixian and Ajay Pandey and I just like dived into this and talked about it <laughs> for like hours on Twitter, like like seven different threads That's going crazy. in different directions with a couple of other uh, people as well. That sounds, and, I just want to, if I can interrupt really quick, that sounds like yeah. I spent 24 hours arguing with an idiot on Twitter. Why do I do that instead of having good, useful, helpful <laughs> conversations? I'm really, I'm using Twitter wrong. I think there's many different ways to use Twitter and you've got to use it in a way that works for I guess you. that's true. But, and I did, um, I did enjoy it a little bit, but. Um, but so that just got, of course I'm always in PBTA mm-hmm. mode. And so that kind of just like was fire in my brain. And so I came to the realization that I think what I want to do in Tower Shield is when you hit zero HP, mm-hmm. right? Or you hit full harm, whatever it is, you yield to your opponent. Okay. Like capital Y. It's mm-hmm. like a function, right? And each villain that you interact with will have their own yield. Okay. So I gave like an example when you yield to Petalfoot the cut purse, he will take a magical item. Mm. And so when you hit zero HP, Petalfoot grabs one of your items and runs. Uh, when you yield to Narbrashka the butcher, she takes a physical trophy. <laughs> and so like, yeah, so like, boom, you've lost an ear yeah. or something. But you like, are dead. Just, you're not dead. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, no. Unless their yield is yeah. when you yield to this person, they kill you. Yeah. And, like, the GM could tell you, give you some information ahead of time that that's going to happen. And I don't remember who exactly suggested this because this went on for so long. And I'm just, like, clicking between discussions now. (laughs) Uh, That is is a a key problem with... with Twitter is that it's a great place to have a live discussion, but it's a terrible place to go back and try to remember what the, how that discussion went oh my and God. find stuff because you're just going to be looking forever. That was, that is exactly true. Um, somebody, I can't remember who it was, suggested that you could even have moves like, like the moves that you pick up through your playbook, through your playbook or through your selections that give you new yields that you can do in place of it. Mm. So, like, if you are playing, like, a romantic character of some kind, you could have a yield that is, like, you fall in love with them. And so, like, you're you're battling, and you're coming down to zero health, and they, like, 
put the sword underneath your chin and lift lift your face up to look at them all like dramatic style. And they're ready to use their yield. And you're like, nope, I'm going to use my my very bardic feeling. I fall in love with you, yield. <laughs> and boom, it's done. And you're back on your feet. You've got health again. Mm-hmm. And you keep going. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. That that is definitely a that would fall into the category of a hard move. Of it's a thing you activate the mechanic and it's a it's a true thing. Yeah, and then you deal with the repercussions of it. Is there a reason why you would limit it to only when you hit zero health? Could you choose to yield to a villain earlier? I that's why I that's why I called that's why I was uh like really sticking with that yield language. Mm-hmm is the idea that you could just yield. Yeah. And so like one thing that uh that a bunch of people were talking about um Ajay was talking about this a lot of you want to just win, I can give you that. Mm-hmm. All you got to do, all you got to do is give me a teeny tiny yield of oh, uh you won't be able to say I love you again. And it's like that's so good like mm-hmm. for a villain to be able to offer you a yield. I mean offer you a yeah. just like yeah, you can stop this from happening. They will take their yield. Yeah, I, and I and I love that as a, I love that as a as a as a as a store. I like that as a mechanical thing where you as the player know that. So you're in a fight and you're trying to like, and presumably this is all a, a thing in which you're trying to like dungeon dive or whatever. You're moving through your fantasy. Is this yeah? You're, you're moving through your this. This isn't like a city. You're not in like a yeah. dungeon. You're like jumping but you're, between you're, buildings. You're, you're, but you're, basic idea basic idea you have an objective to achieve and so maybe you want to lose this fight in order to go win the next bigger fight which is your real objective yeah um like there's like different like it might be a thing that uh you're trying to stop them from getting this artifact right like this is an artifact that will allow them to destroy everything and so you might be looking at your spell book going well i'm running out of spell slots or whatever um Mm -hmm. But uh, or I'm getting low on health, maybe the best thing to do would be to let the cut purse steal one of my magical items and then push through to the the final boss fight with full health. Or even just say like, ooh, hey, GM, I really want to grab the staff and just like Mm -hmm. get it. Uh, Would you let me trade that for a yield? And the GM goes, yeah, sure. And then you're like, cool. And And you're like, jump forward and he's like yep you grab the staff and uh he hurls you through a hell dimension and And it's like nice and i love it as a as an in-universe thing too where uh where where maybe the villain is just like looming over you threatening you like just give up now Mm. give me your money and we and and you don't have to die today kind of thing yeah like i'm I'm going to stop the fight for a minute i'm gonna stop Mm -hmm. fighting and stop being in combat mode, basically, yeah. which will allow me to achieve X thing, but it's also going to have a cost associated yeah. with it. Which is which is a very tropey. Like I think the thing that the yes. thing that D and D loses by having this like hard initiative system where you're constantly driving through combat until everyone is yeah. dead is that like you you lose that uh, the the moment where the man in black and Inigo Montoya pause and both reveal that they've been fighting left-handed 
and yeah. now we're going to go a different way and the fight is going to we're going to have a little bit of banter and then start fighting again in a different in, with under different circumstances like having those yeah. those story beats in the middle of fighting are interesting yeah and so like that's kind of what i'm trying to get is that like there will be combat but like that combat is like super heroic level yeah. right like you are you might fight in like seven different locations in a single uh in a single yeah. day right like as you sit down for a session you might have yeah, single fights fight. in seven different places it could be in a single <laughs> fight seven is a lot Just i don't want to take seven well it depends seven on the rolls scale. Is a lot of rolls. if you are if you're superman yeah. fighting lex luther in a lexo suit and you're throwing each other true. all over that city that's very true and that is a feeling that i want to get yeah. I just don't want to make seven rolls okay. for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I like that a lot. But like, but I really love this idea of building some moves that are really specifically spending the currency of like basically saying like, instead of saying we know what the trigger is, we're instead saying we know what the result mm-hmm. is. And so we're saying, what I want to do is this. I'll trade it to you for this. Yeah. Or I've hit zero HP. I'll trade it to you for this. I wonder. Or like, I'm. I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. I yield. I wonder if you couldn't tie that. So I, I love the. I wonder. So I'm trying to figure out how to get to this thought. Um, there were those uh, Lord of the Rings games where you played and had to like hunt your way through the orc army. Um, yeah, and the and and the the different orc nemesis that you would run into would be people that would just like you would you you would run into them and you could fight them and know nothing about them, or you could kind of like yeah. do some research through different like spying and stuff and learn about them. And I actually wonder if maybe the way that like if you wanted to do this, maybe the, one of the ways that the yield mechanic could work is um, if you don't know anything about the character, like if you've just run into them for the first time, then you yeah. have to hit zero health points or full harm or whatever and then you and then you yield it triggers the yield mechanic but if you know yeah. what they want in advance of the fight somehow like if you go yeah. into the fight with the cut purse knowing that they'll that they'll leave you to die if you give them your coin purse or a magical right. item well then that's a thing in the in your back pocket that you can pull out at any time that's interesting um it would just i think that the, the limiting factor there would be is finding out about them an interesting thing to do an interesting and if it's not yeah. then don't do that but if like yeah. if asking around and 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 sort of like engaging in like the the intrigue um did you ever read um Brian Sanderson's Steelheart series no i didn't it's a it's a very weird young adult series but it's about a world that's full of superheroes and you actually okay. you actually might want to read at least the first it's a series but you might want to read the first book just as inspiration for okay. the for the game you're writing because it is a very urban uh it's an urban superhero story but in a world in which the superheroes have are villains for the most part and have taken over and so there's a lot of like fantasy fiefdom stuff going on where you're like and so a lot of what the main characters do as as these anti like as basically superheroes superheroes or people who are trying to take down these villains um is engage in some espionage to figure out secrets about the villains and their weaknesses and okay cool. and if you wanted to bring that kind of a 
urban shadowsy film noir aspect to Tower Shield, or perhaps as even just like a module you could add on, um, then that would be an interesting way that could, to that could be interesting. Figure out yeah. what their yield is. Yeah. Um. Do you- yeah, I'm still kind of working out like some of like the what does it look like yeah. to fight? What yeah. does it look like to do anything? I have like one basic move partially written and it's basically just stolen from masks. Um but like I I want I love the idea of a gameplay loop that allows you to have villains come back yeah. in a fantasy game. Can I ask you a question? Right? Like yeah. Do you have a yield as a player? I don't know. I think I think that killing the villain is not something you're supposed yeah. to do. I cuz I, one of the things I'm really intense on with this game is that you are not you're not the punisher. Yeah. You're not the punisher and you're also not like just a cop without a badge yeah. because for an enormous reasons, amount yeah. of reasons I'm not feeling very pro cop right yeah. now. But also that's not a good story. Um, like you yeah, want to like, you want to you want to build story. And if yeah. the bad guy gets away and then you re you and you you run into them later, like that's a better story. Yeah, and so like I want to make things that when you're when you are fixing a problem you're fixing a problem. Mm-hmm. Like you're making things better. You're improving your community. You're making everything safer and better for everybody. Yeah. And when, and when like you lose the world advances in a way that makes things worse. Yeah. It's tough because that does get into like tons of issues of like, how do we restore a community after violence has mm-hmm. occurred? And like, if we fail to stop violence, what happens next? Do we have like revenge versus like, cause I, cause I want them to, st- I want the heroes to stop the bad thing from happening. Yeah. I don't want it to be like, you're investigating a necromancer who has already destroyed this part of town. It's like you are going and you're stopping them and you're making, you're, you're making the bad thing not happen. But that's more complicated. Yeah. That's like, that is a more difficult task, yeah. both from a story writing angle and from like a implementation angle not to be the guy who's like have you heard of this game go read this game because i hate i kind of hate that but um (laughs) you should look at hydro hackers if you haven't which is it's a it's a pbta game by phil and i think sendo worked on it a little bit it's an encoded designs uh game i I play tested an early version of it i think um but it's in a world in which water is really like difficult to come by and so you are basically cyberpunk like vigilante uh, like eco vigilantes who are trying to secure cool. water for your neighborhood. You're trying to steal like oh, steal cool. water from the big corporations to bring to your to your neighborhood. And so there is a there is a mechanic to it that's a little bit like the um, it's a little bit like the, um, the 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 crew playbook in Blades in the Dark. Um, but it's 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 more it's more story based and the whole thing is that between every session you're you, there are things that advance and change in your neighborhood based off of the things you've yeah. done around them by trying to improve yeah. the neighborhood and so maybe that's definitely a thing there I might want. be something there for if you're looking for uh, a way to improve and then maybe capture changes 
that are not necessarily like if you fail, there's still a change, but maybe it's not negative necessarily. It's just different. Or maybe if you succeed, if you succeed, then it's it's better, but you've drawn attention to yourself or something like that. Um, right. I, yeah. I like I chose when I went. It was the one year at Metatopia that I play tested this. I I had chose between two sessions, and I chose to play. Uh, they were testing the play and the the okay. between sessions uh, uh, community advancement separately. Yeah. And I chose to do the play session, which was great. And I loved it. But I wish in retrospect that I had played the the, the world building or uh, buildy buildier style, uh, like just advanced the, the sessions a bunch of times uh, play test. Cause that's, yeah. And I, I own the book too. So I, I could probably run it for us at some point if you, if we want to do that. That'd be um, fun. I'd love to try, uh, try it out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because like fa- the whole fantasy story thing of find the bad guy and kill them after the fact yeah. is clearly not good. Yeah. Like there's tons of moral ethical reasons that like, that it's hard to describe one of those characters as a hero. Yeah. Likewise, the whole superhero trope of friendly neighborhood Spider-Man mm-hmm webbing up the villain and giving them over to a enormously corrupt, violent, horrific authoritarian system is also not good. Yeah. Well, and so like, is there, is there a way to have a force of community defenders that legitimately defend people mm -hmm. without doing terrible things because like most of the abolition movement in uh in police and prisons mm-hmm. and everything like that kind of doesn't assume a team of super heroic <laughs> community defenders yeah, yeah. for I obvious reasons that's where that's actually where steelheart might be an interesting touchstone because it's yeah. a universe where the ha- like without getting into too many spoilers um I don't, I don't think this is a major spoiler but like the superpower itself the thing that gives you the superpowers is corrupting and so the main characters like sorry the main villains see themselves as like the main villain sees himself as superman he sees himself as the ultimate good guy yeah but obviously he's wrong and he's been corrupted and so if you if you but if you played in a in a world where that was true and so all of your sort of like uh, neighborhood protectors were going into every scenario with the understanding that our goal here was to make make the world a better place for our neighborhood and defend yeah. like the basically the bad thing is that the villain is doing stuff we have to stop that yeah. but that the villain isn't necessarily a totally like un unredeemable character right yeah and we don't want to go in and kill like, them we want to redeem them or we totally wanna, we want to we want to stop them and then help them or whatever and yeah. if we know and like there, there's a certain level that things can be simplistic if it's like oh this person has a uh cursed sword yeah. that is going to destroy a whole bunch of people and it, then like oh we get the sword we destroy it and i wonder cool they can't do that now we connect that to their yield of like their desire their the thing they want um yeah because maybe maybe the thing that the, the cut purse wants is just to have some more money and if you go in and yield to them yeah. then like you go in and you, you try to show them the the error of their ways or you try to like just drive them out of your area 
but then like if if push comes to shove you give them your coin purse and now they run away or i don't know yeah i'm not sure that's totally coherent but it's all it's all really it's all really complicated because like on the one hand the simplistic thing would just be to go like continue with doing the tropes like it's a superhero thing just continue with the superhero tropes of villain gets arrested and escapes yeah. two days later but that's um but i'm 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 not 100 percent satisfied no. with it and if i can get something better i'd love to but like i also it's it is also fun to have like full-on mustache twirling villains yeah. sometimes you know yeah 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 there's it's a it's a thing that I that running and creating villains for masks and and party and city that I've come up with or that I've that I've come around on is that the thing that is like the core of making a good compelling villain is that like a piece of what they want has to be right they have to be right about something yeah they have to see something in the world that's true and then they're wrong about how to solve it or they're wrong about their interpretation of it but they have to be able to look at you and say something that is true in a way that your character can't go. Well, that's obviously a lie. It has to make you stop yeah. and think, or else they're not a compelling villain. They're just someone yeah. who's fighting you. Yeah, that makes sense. On the other hand, sometimes there's something to be said for just they're a villain because they're the, the yeah. bad guy fighting you. They're 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 the one who who decided to raise. They're 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 the one who decided to wear a whole bunch of bones as their yeah. armor, and like raise a dracolich from the yeah. ground, and so uh, so you're gonna fight them. Because you're the one who didn't do that. And you're like, come on, buddy. You're, this is the totally wrong you're, aesthetic. You're the like, superhero universe. You're riding a dragon. Get with the picture. Yeah, you're you're wearing you're wearing red and blue. They're wearing purple and green. Yeah. Like you know, it's not the aesthetic we all agreed on when we built this universe. It's so dumb. <laughs> I think I think uh, the but at bottom line, I think the yields are good. Um, and I'm yeah, interested in, be fun, I think. in where this project goes as a sort of. As yeah. a a riff on and a and a and a, and a step towards reimagining that kind of like core storytelling thing, yeah, that isn't the like just uber violent murder hobos. It's yeah, it's it's this it's this difficulty of like I'm taking two genres that I really like that both are problematic for a number of reasons, yeah. and I'm mashing them together and hoping to pull something less <laughs> problematic out. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, this is carrying the baggage of both of those things. Well, Great. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what I think, happens. I think I'll get there. I, I, Either that, or I'll yield. Yeah, you yield and just design a boring game. So, if you want to yield to us on Twitter, um, what do they have to give up? <laughs> then we'll retweet you. Then we'll retweet you. Um, oh no no no, 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 no! You'll have to retweet. You have to retweet us. us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know what we'll tweet about, but um, but if you want to find us on Twitter. <laughs> Then uh, we are together. We are at Stop Hack and Roll, and individually, I am at End the Meltdowns, and I'm at B Leon Gambetta. You can find our website and some information on the games we have been working on at www.stophackandroll.com. I actually think. Did I? No, no, no. I actually think the website may be broken right now, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I need to fix it. Um, My website recently was was down and out of date. Yeah. And so I did a little bit of work on it, and now it's just out of date. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, you can email us. I think the email still works, hopefully, uh, at either James or Brandon at stopbackandroll.com. The email works in that it sends us the that's emails, true, yeah, not I mean. in that I get around to them, because I am behind on every email. 
Uh, if you'd like to help other people find the show, you can give us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Uh, those five-star reviews really help us out quite a bit and give us nice, warm fuzzies in our stomach. They do. Um, we make this podcast and all of our podcasts with the support of our Patreon backers. We'd like to support. Uh, we'd like to thank one of our new backers. Uh, I'm going to go with Tinus, Tinus, T-I-N-N-I-S. Um, I think it's Tinus. Uh, as well as thank some of our old favorites like Rob Abrazado, Greg Walters, Riverhouse Games, Joshua Denman, Hello Drawings, Jeff Stormer, Marty Chidoric, uh, Benj, and Devin White. If you'd like to help support this show or other sh- uh, or Patreon or, or, or one other show and potentially more future shows, then check us out at patreoncom roll. If you're not able to support us financially, that is absolutely fine. You can support us by becoming a part of our community. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stopackandroll.com. Yeah, I think I think in these in these in these bad times since the virus, uh, it's totally mm-hmm. understandable if you can't uh, support us yeah. financially. I've seen a lot of people shifting their uh, their backing levels around and like absolutely do what you got to do to stay alive. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And and like there were also I think we've said a couple times now there were maybe better places that who need your money more than we do. Um, and so absolutely. definitely go donate your money to help those folks. Um, don't support us financially. <laughs> yeah, ignore everything we just said. Um, and I said that I did it in one take, by yeah. the way. It definitely, definitely was not like take. five takes for us to eventually come back to, <laughs> to, to not please donate, support. Yeah. To no, don't donate. <laughs> so when you're dealing with the fact that you are trying to dig your way into a burning building and you know in your heart of hearts that you are the diggingest dog but you just you've you've tried and it's just not working and you're trying to like reconcile your new your new world in which you know this is a thing that is true about yourself but you've just failed at it don't forget to maybe step back and stop hack and roll (laughs) 